This is the Enneagram 8 Podcast, and we're here to take you inside the armor. If you've ever been called cold or insensitive or maybe unfeeling, and you find that you really could not care less about that, there is a possibility that 835 is your tri-type. And that's not to say that Heather doesn't have feelings. She would just say that she really doesn't understand their value and she'd much prefer working with data. And what that means is she gets an awful lot done in the world and she solves a lot of problems really quickly. It's really remarkable that even the way Heather presents herself, even her speaking voice, is very different than an eight of my tri-type. She's much more careful and precise and deliberate in the way she speaks. She's the first 835 we've interviewed, and that means that we have officially interviewed one eight in every single tri-type. Again, if you find that you resonate with Heather, please let us know, because it takes more than one eight in each tri-type for us to get a really good sense of who you are, what you value, how you work in the world. And I, for one, have found it really helpful and really fascinating just to see how we're each one of the multiple puzzle pieces that make up what an eight is. I think putting this out into the world is going to go a long way to breaking down the boring old eight stereotypes. I'm, um, I'm an ultra runner, social worker, yoga instructor, colored pencil artist, uh, West Coast swing dancer. So ultra running is technically anything over 30 miles and over. So it's longer than a marathon. So I typically run distances that are 50K and 50 miles. And I've run a couple hundreds. I have my hand in a lot of jars. So we ask all of you how you came to realize you were an eight. What was that journey? And uh, Well, it first started when I was in a mediation class for school. And I was a little torn, I think maybe between a five and an eight. But then I realized eight was the strongest by far. Five would have a lot less energy. Yeah. And I tend to be in five when I'm stressed. All right. Do you have any stories that stand out? I I go tooth and nail to fight for some clients. And that's why I love my job because it's so rewarding and it's problem solving and I get to help them advocate for themselves. And it's such a good reward. I love to step in anytime I see there is either poor leadership or a lack of mission or a lack of drive for anything. I definitely step in, even if it's like an unpaid position. So our, our board on our HOA decided to make a very abrupt decision. And there was an issue between the board and the residents in our condo unit. And no one knew how to get in touch with them or connect or figure out how to solve the problem. So I gathered emails, I posted flyers, and I organized a community meeting to decrease lack of access and increase transparency. You know, I I filled the need and it was a void because no one else did and it just needed to get done. Yeah, this tri-type is sort of known for seeing the problem and nailing the solution every time. A lot of people don't like that, though. Like, I feel like sometimes I can get myself in trouble because people don't expect or don't think that the answer can be so simple and get easily offended by that. And so I bite my tongue every once in a while, like, okay, I know who I can give that solution to and who I shouldn't. And is it partly that you come to the answer so quickly that other people just haven't had time to catch up? 
Maybe. I feel like that's a logical reason. Your three would speed up the process, I think. (laughs) I'm around a three on a regular basis. My husband's a three. We set goals. We often daily, you know, it's like, okay, today our goals are this and we often can help each other out. And because the goal is success, um, for both of us. So you would resonate with that really speedy yes. quality. Other people want to be invited into the problem solving process. And maybe you don't do that. Maybe not as much as I should, but I dance even if it's not a goal that we want and we think it's the best for them, we can't offer it to them. We have to make them feel like it's their goal or even if it you know if it's something that they brought up partially we can help them get there i learned by practice to be slower it really takes a lot of patience <laughs> i feel like that's something that's grown a lot so if you were to kind of describe how your 3 fits with your 8 how would you describe that like when i think or people try to get me to express or manage or work through my emotions i don't like it and i'm used to just pushing them down because most of the time i don't feel like they're valuable or they're worth looking at in the moment. I'm just more focused on, okay, get things done, get it solved. This is actually known as the tri-type that is the least in touch with their heart by a long shot because the five cuts off their heart, eight does that, and so does the three. <laughs> so that's all. Obviously, it makes you a really efficient human because your feelings don't slow you down, but that must be a problem sometimes. Sometimes. And I think it stems from the way that I was raised because I was raised in a military family. So, you know, like feelings are a weakness, emotions are weakness, they're not valuable. So it's just reinforced, maybe even brought me to where I am in the 5-3 specifically. But it does bother me sometimes. But I do have, I find that like my two best girlfriends are both fours. Interesting. <laughs> Yeah, so they definitely make me pause and they're like, okay, it's okay to validate the emotion. Just sit in it. I know it's uncomfortable. She like knows that I'm the complete opposite of her, mm-hmm. which is why I think we get along so well because we complement each other's weaknesses and then jive well with their strengths. Right. Have you been able to practice sitting in your feelings with them? Sometimes, Yeah. I do a lot of meditation and I think that helps. Yeah, I have a cousin. I'm pretty sure she's this tri-type. And what's interesting is she has two sisters. One of them's a four and the other's a nine. And I am this middle person in their life who has to navigate between all three of them. And one of the things that they struggle with is that their sister, she like perceives herself as being a nurturing sister. And they're like, she's like a brick wall. They feel like they don't know her at all because she doesn't let them in. She does a lot of stuff for them. She does a lot of stuff, but she doesn't really let them in. Has anyone ever expressed that to you? Okay. Yeah. So it's interesting that you mentioned that because when I, at around the same time, I took my emotional IQ, EQ 2.0 test and the instructor, when she saw my results, we were supposed to meet with them individually after we got our results back. And she said, you're really low in... And I forget the exact category, but it's something about self. It's not self-awareness, but it's how others perceive you. And in the sense that like you're either an open book or you're a closed book. Yeah. And I said, yeah, that's intentional. I like that. I like <laughs> when people can't see me if I don't want them to see me. And that jives really well with the eight, like the, the hardcore, like you can see what I want you to see. But then again, sometimes it's because of those walls that we can actually play the roles we play. 
we can be the people that get stuff done. Whereas people who are invaded by emotions all the time, just they don't have the energy. They just can't do it. So would you say your circle of people that you let in is very small? Yes, definitely. Um, I only have a handful of really close friends and quite a few of them are different periods of life, but have maintained great contact. Uh, but I don't, I don't like to let a lot of people in. And if I get hurt, and I know this is a big eight thing, if I get hurt, then I shut down for a long time in between. Not with the people that I've made close interactions with, but new people. What kinds of things hurt you? Because my cousin would say she doesn't care what, what people think. And I know it's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> I would say when people are either fake or not honest or don't confront their conflict, that is one big thing I have an issue with when people are like, yeah, I have a problem with you, but I'm not going to tell you what it is. Mm. You know, you need to tell me. Like if, or if there's a conflict and I don't know about it, I can't fix it. And I like to fix things. So if you find out later that they had a struggle and you had to find out sideways from someone or you found out way after the event happened, that would be a real problem. I would probably gently, as gently as I can. I know that one of my least favorite words is being aggressive, but I find myself to be assertive. And I like to confront things when I know that there's an issue. One thing that has hurt me the most is being being ghosted. Like I had a friend who didn't tell me she was upset and I don't know if she was projecting or, or what, but I had no way to place what it was. And I just needed the closure. And she never told me that, but I've never lost a friend other than that. And it's just, it reinforces that, okay, I need walls, I need boundaries. But I also right. just irritates me that I don't know the why. Yeah. Do you find that you're willing to do that? Are you willing to go and confront if you sense something's off? Oh, and- yeah, for sure. Especially even if it's like misperceived or if it's just, maybe it's in my head, but I'm not sure. If I'm not sure, I'm just going to go for it. You know, whether it's in writing or trying to be mindful of what that person is like and how they usually like to receive things. Because if it's writing, I'll do it. But I find that that's easier for most people than in person. The SX of this tri-type, so the sexual of this tri-type is the most complicated because your sexual energy would draw you towards intimacy with people, but then everything in you wants to not give that. Have you found that dynamic? Does it take a while to settle into those intimate relationships? I would say, yeah, I would say intimate relationships. I make the mistake, and I know this was brought up on one of the previous episodes where like, I don't mean to do this. I'm easily able to make, you know, conversation with either strangers or friends and then they perceive it as something completely different. Mm. And I'm like, oh, okay, I need to dial this back. As in you are perceived as more into the relationship than you actually are? No, but in like an intimate relationship. So like my husband and I have been together for almost six years now. I'm all in. And in relationships, I'm all in. It's hard, I think, a little bit because I, I'm very reserved. I'm shy and introverted. All of the, like, keep everything kind of to myself first yeah. just to see. But I also, if I find something good and amazing and I don't want to lose it, I'm, yes. I'm all in. And that's mm-hmm. how it was with us. It was from the beginning. Uh, it was like a paint and sip. So you lock onto a certain energy and then that's it. You're in. Yes, but I can, and the opposite is true too. Like if I if I sense the wrong energy, like I know I'm not going to be perfect friends with this person, just no matter what, I can tell that energy. Like 
I know. Also, really, really right away. I know. And I hate being like that because I don't, I don't want to come across as petty, but there are just some energies that I just don't mesh well with. Yeah. I wonder how that sits with you because you with your five are into data and threes also, I think, like working within systems. And that is very gut. It's very intuitive. Like, how are you supposed to explain? I don't like your energy. (laughs) I know. (laughs) But that's very eight, right? It's the gut. And uh, and we know what we know. And sometimes you don't have data to back it up. You just you just know, which is just not good enough for some people. No. And usually there's not an issue with that. Usually it's just some some random person assigned to a group work assignment or you don't have to work with them super long term. And yeah, it worked out pretty well for the most part. <laughs> yeah, you, you just avoid you just avoid people or you never get deep with them. You orient your life away from people with the bad energy. Exactly. I don't know if you have like people in your life who you're stuck in their atmosphere. Not so much. No, lucky girl. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, I have, you know, I have relatives, distant, distant-ish, not in the immediate family relatives that my energy doesn't mesh well with, but I don't have to see them very often. So it's not really generally a problem. Okay. Well, that's fortunate. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I see the five as, you know, data driven. I'm very... I love Excel. Like I didn't fall into the role that I did, but I just love working with numbers and a lot of my positions. So I work with clients, but I also do the data side of it where I document and I keep track of billing numbers and all of that for a program because I was recently upgraded into more of a supervisor position, but I still hold caseload of clients. But I have a lot of hobbies. I have like a lot of the little niches. Like I, I pick up things. Maybe I don't you know, I'm not a master of anything, but I'm a tinker of a lot of trades. We were recently on the uh, Instagram page talking about how eights with five often have a way of describing their brains as a room. And some of them have file drawers where they file things away, information that they can retrieve. Others describe it as like a room that's messier, but they know exactly where they left something. Do you have that? That's a really interesting description. I would say if I had to describe it, yeah, it's more of, you know, I don't like things out of place. So if I had, I would have a filing cabinet. I like to revert back to things in the past. Mm -hmm. Is it easily accessible though? All the data you filed away, it's there when you need it. Yeah. Yeah. Like stories and examples. And either if it's to remind myself of past incidents, like this didn't go well with this kind of a person in the past, don't do this again, or data about how to remember how to do things. How are you in confrontation? I love it. I used to hate it. I used to be avoiding of it, but I think that's because I grew up in more of like the five aspect of my eight and I didn't feel safe enough. Are you very calm Um, and collected and you find you have all the words? Usually. Usually I like to pause and ponder. And the frustrating thing about the introverted side of it is that I always come up with things I wish I said later. (laughs) Yes. And so I don't like having an argument or a conversation close, but I like to revisit it, even if it's just in my head. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then you gather all the necessary data to completely slam home the win. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. I find when I'm in it, I'm so reactive. Forget it. I don't know how to press pause and say, I'll get back to you. I want to answer immediately. Do you find you can pause and say, I'll get back to you? Sometimes it depends on the environment I'm in or who I'm with. I tend to want to just fight the fight, but I know strategically that 
sometimes I just need to, t- it's hard because I need to pull the reins back and say, okay, I need more evidence so I can confront this better. But I definitely don't avoid it. And I don't let others avoid it if possible. How do you relate to the word clever? Because that comes up a lot. Does that feel like Mm -hmm. a word that comes up? I would say yes. It's nice to hear that come from the description. I probably wouldn't have tried to think of the word for myself on my own just because it seems like a compliment. Well, take it. (laughs) (laughs) It's definitely quintessential to the tri-type. So how does that kind of play out, do you think? Just own it. I have a lot of friends that come to me for advice. I like to walk through situations. And and this is part of why I'm going in my field, because I do want to become, eventually I'm getting my credentials to be a therapist. So it's a nice combination of data-driven, strategic planning, confrontation, and, you know, problem solving and helping people. I think of clever as very quick on your feet, problem solving and thinking, right? There's something quick about it. There's something about putting puzzle pieces together, just rapid thinking. So you would say, yes, that fits you. Yes. But then on the more negative side, have you ever been told you're insensitive? Definitely. Because that's the other word. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) And it has gotten me in trouble in work situations, mostly with family, not so much. But they know you better than that, right? Yeah, they know me better. I don't know if this was behind my back, but I definitely heard hot head at one point. I don't know exactly their meaning behind it, but I'll take it as and I'm quick on my feet, but I'm also like not afraid to tell it like it is. Do you feel like you're insensitive? Like you're unable to tell how people are feeling? And so you just genuinely don't know? No, I think it's more of like, yeah, I see that you're, and this is really hard because I was just put in a role where I have to be validating my team members below me, their emotions constantly, and it's exhausting. But I'm more data driven and I like to solve the problems. And again, it comes back to like maybe my own weakness of don't see them as valuable in the moment. I know that I should be validating your feelings and I will for the sake of doing it. Yes. (laughs) But I don't want to. (laughs) Well, listen to this. One of the quotes I read is that you refuse to let emotions inform you. Data is more important. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. I'm definitely not an empath, (laughs) but I have gotten better at reading people has always been a good thing. Like knowing when something's off, knowing when people are irritated, frustrated, some form of negative emotion. I can pinpoint it fairly decently. Mm-hmm. I think. But I do see more often than not, I would come across towards it as insensitive. Yeah. Oh, man, you really do remind me of my cousin. It's helpful that you have her in my head. She's one of my best friends. Um, it's interesting to have like two eight cousins. And I'm like so much more emotional and expressive. And she's not, but we have this like respect. We kind of get each other's superpowers anyway. Do you have any eights in your life? Do you know? I, I do. I have my mom is an eight. She's an eight wing nine. She's been like the mediator of the family. Interesting. So how does your eightishness kind of play off hers? So she's much more calm and collected. And I learned how to do that from her. So I'm grateful for that. Because I think that's definitely a strength that I wouldn't have normally thought of as a strength. But growing up, I definitely look back and say, I'm just amazed at how strong she is. Like, I know she's strong, but just to see the instances of where that occurred. Did you find her often teaching you based on lessons she had to learn the hard way? Probably, but not always telling me the reason or not always telling me the story. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I had a mom who had two, definitely two in her tri-type, but she was an eight as well. So I also had an eight mom. I realize now that she would often say things like, it's not that you said it, it's the way you said it. 
It's the way you said it that was the problem. She would so affirm my truth telling for sure. She loved it, but she kept saying, you've got to say it in a different way and then it will be received. Or she'd say things like, you need to pause before you say it. And I could just, in hindsight, I was realizing she was saying, honey, I had to learn this the hard way. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's kind of awesome having an eight mom because they never thought we were too much. Yes. Yes. That's really validating. And a lot of people think I think that goes with the comment that I made earlier from the family members. A lot of people think that I'm too much. So I yeah. dial it down a lot, mm-hmm. most often than not. <laughs> and it, I don't like it. I don't like doing it. No. And that no, may be why my hobbies are so intense sometimes, because sure. it's the only way that I can feel safe enough to express who I really am. Yeah, that makes sense to me. The best thing is that I'm easily able to just jump into a situation and go full speed on where I'm needed. Probably one of the worst things is, you know, I'm trying to get in touch with my feelings, but it's not always intuitive. And I don't like feeling vulnerable. I know this word has not been mentioned yet, but it definitely is like, I still have trouble seeing it as a strength. And I definitely don't like how I feel when I'm stressed Mm -hmm. because I definitely shut off and I quiet down and I'm in my head and nothing can get through. No one can get through. It's something that is required to play well in the world. It allows you to play nice. It allows you to access the world. And because we can't access it, it feels like we're missing something, but we don't want to do what it takes to acquire it because that's really scary. It's super uncomfortable. It also feels impossible. Like, how does one access feelings when you've spent your whole life not accessing them? Right. It almost feels impossible. I like. <laughs> don't even know how you go about doing it. Have you diverged from the stereotype? Have you ever thought like, no, that bit doesn't fit? I'm not loud. I'm loud in energy, but I'm not loud as a person. I'm definitely very mumbly and quiet. <laughs> okay. Especially when I'm nervous. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I'm introverted. I'm not extroverted. And so that definitely plays with that. I cringe at the word aggressive. That is not a high value for you. Aggressive is not a badge of honor. You know, what's really interesting is your way of speaking even fits your tri-type. In what way? You have an energy that is reserved and carefully worded. So when I interview my tri-type, which is 847, there's no filter. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I definitely, I do filter a lot. I do. Yes, and my cousin as well. She has a a precise, careful way of speaking that I admire because she doesn't get into as much trouble as I do. I've had to learn. I definitely, growing up, I definitely thought that it was possible to fight every fight and it wasn't, even though I still want to. (laughs) So basically you've just matured. (laughs) Well, and that's, that's what I like about this is that It's such a diverse tool and learning and growing yourself and working with others. You're not going to like rapid fire questions because you have five in your title. I always, I know, I've heard that in the the other ones and I'm like, okay, I got to learn how to roll with this. Okay, Okay, I can do it. Three words to describe you. Driven, determined, compassionate. Do you have tattoos? I do. I have two. I have a uh, unicorn from my favorite anime cartoon as a child. Have a, it's like a crescent moon with a circle on the top and two lines on the bottom going through it. And it's a symbol from my favorite, one of my favorite shows called John Doe. So for me, it's I know who I am and what I stand for. If you were a fiction character, who would you be? Oh, that's hard. But I would probably go with Brave. Funny, someone said that about me the other day. 
Merida, <laughs> what makes you cry? When my loved ones hurt. How would you describe your happy place? Alone on a run in the woods. Is there an animal you resonate with? An owl. Your drink of choice in the morning? Tea. Drink of choice at night? Craft homebrewed beer. That What makes you angry? You nailed it when people make assumptions, whether it's about me or, or something that I've done. That's it for today. We hope by now you've realized there's a lot more going on under the surface. And you'll continue to follow along as we take you inside the armor. <laughs>